0: This is Derek Dillinger, the AIW Intense Champion. I have a whole bunch of other monikers, you know, the Neon Tarantino, the Ace Degenerate. I think I said it, I don't know if I said it. Ace Degenerate, Super Indie Scorsese, um, the Ace of the Intense Division, and you're listening to Wrestling Chairs. And welcome back to Wrestling Cheers, where everybody knows your name, especially when you can't read and can't write. This is Wrestling Cheers. We like to talk about things going to Northeast Ohio, independent wrestling scene. We preview shows, we review shows, and sometimes we've interviews along the way. This is a review of AIW's Wasted Youth. I'm your host, Justin Summers, and Wrestling Cheers is brought to you by Midwest Territory. Please rate, review, and subscribe. your are ever this fine podcast, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, YouTube, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Amazon Music, or Podbean, wrestlingchairs.podbean.com. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, facebook.com slash cheers, twitter.com slash Cheers, and instagram.com slash Cheers. Email, if you so choose, to desire cheers at gmail.com. Like I said, this is a review of AIW's Wasted Youth that was live in Kent, Ohio. I already introduced myself, and this week we got Butters. What's up? Yeah, so, uh, we had Wasted Youth. Uh, kind of, like, get into the nitty-gritty here of the episode. Uh, no, there were no meet and greets, so that that's nothing that we can talk about, nothing. There was a guy walking around that looked awful like Kevin Koo. Didn't know he had a, you know, a doppelganger that lived in Ohio, but I, th- I thought that was kind of cool. Um... Other than that, what do you think about the inside of this venue? Because you actually, you didn't even do, uh, you
1: weren't at the outdoor show. Correct. I was not. Indoor was fine. Uh, I don't, obviously it sucks that the ceiling is so low. Um, That definitely hinders some things, but other than that, it's fine. We should have had a count of how many wrestlers
0: got on the turnbuckle and got like really close to the uh, air duct.
1: It was at least one in every match. Uh, when they came out. I mean, they whipped themselves up onto the second rope, and I just, so many of them were so close to just bonking their heads off the, off the ceiling.
0: Actually, I think it was even within the first match, uh, well, before the first match, I should say there was uh, a hole there in the air duct. And technically they could have threw something up there and, you know, use it later in the match, but it wasn't used, but I thought that was kind of something I just didn't notice at first. I will say, I will say this about the venue that, uh, well, number one, uh reception, is shitty, and that's something that I did forget because we did do the one show back in September, but that was outdoors, so, like, since you're outdoors, like, reception is great, but anytime that I've gone to a concert that's been indoors, like, my reception is just god-awful, and, like, I don't even really bother with my phone, so doing the live tweeting stuff, uh, instead of, like, trying to force tweets to go out, um, I just did it to where I was, I would save drafts for every match. And then I went out at intermission and then at the end of the show and sent out like all the tweets for anybody who wasn't watching on uh fight plus. So that's one thing. Uh, the second thing is I know when we got there, like it wasn't this, you know, regular AIW show feel where there's like a line waiting outside and, you know, everybody's, you know, filing in there and, you know, it's a decent side crowd. Like kind of to begin with, like it seemed like maybe 20 people. But within the hour of when the doors opened to when the show started, more people started coming in. And especially, like, probably a little bit after the first match, too, or after the first match had started. Like, next thing I knew, like, by the time we got to intermission, you know, there was just a ton of people there. So that was, like, one cool thing that to just watch it fill up. Because I don't I've rarely seen that in AIW, uh, or at least outside of, like, certain circumstances where there's not a lot of people there. But by the time the bell, the first match starts, there's just a ton of people. I think it's just those people that are either walk ups or you know they just looked at us like, "Oh, it's general mission. I'll get there whenever." Anything to add to that?
1: No, not really. I mean, that was just pretty much it. Like it was, like you said, it was very few people when we first got there, and so like we kind of wandered around and uh, I was talking to some of the uh, new guys and and kind of catching up with them and. uh that kind of stuff, so like kind of making plans for the the fresh meat shows. So overall, it was a good time.
0: Yeah. Uh, talked to a couple people. Talk, you know, talked to Shaw, talked to Sam at intermission. uh, talked to the Bitcoin boys. Picked up a uh, Bitcoin boy T shirt uh, because I had made a comment online that there were two uh, shirts out there, Brainbuster store that I was thinking about getting. One was the uh, Wolf of Wall Street one, and I forget what the other one was. And it turns out they actually had. Uh, three X in the Wolf of Wall Street one, like already in hand. So it's like, all right, cool. Like you know, uh, I'll buy it off of the, you when when I see you next. Actually, they just told me that. Uh, or it was Eric had to double check, but turns out they did have it. Picked it up off them, and that was uh, the only the only thing I bought that night. Now I'm uh, wearing the shirt right now.
1: Yeah, I uh, I want to get the fuck Bitcoin shirt, but uh, I gotta wait for them to put it up on their um, Brain Buster T store.
0: Yeah. There was a, there's an older shirt of theirs I think I want to, but I can't remember. I have to like go through some tweets or go through the website and figure out what they are, but eventually I'll buy them. But now that I have one, like that's, that'll do me good for a little bit. Yeah. Like with this, there was no, like I said, no meet and greet, no, uh, nothing like that. But this is the first AIW show of 2023. Also with it, you know, this was kind of a, you know, winchester ish show. Pretty much everybody on the card was... AIW regular except for
1: two uh and oh man i totally forgot pre-show uh i got my my every show photo with patty okay um which is always good and also i bought two bags of kaplan jerky which if you go to an aiw show that kaplan's on or any show that kaplan's on make sure you get some jerky off of him because it's it's awesome i just had some again today
0: I did not buy that off of him uh, this time. Uh, I need to. The thing is, like a lot of times, I just don't have cash on me.
1: So, ah, my man takes PayPal, and I always just I have my his PayPal saved, and I just there you go, sir.
0: <laughs> we, we also were in a place of shitty uh, reception, to where that, that would have been extra harder for me. But, uh, uh I could probably do something in Akron. We could. It could wind up like you know what was it Absolution or something where
1: he sold out yeah. before he got in the venue yeah yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> Which, that was that was some good shit so yeah i, I kind of wanted to buy more i did get uh a picture with patty she uh also complimented me on the show and like th- basically said that she likes that we would have like these kind of like predictions of say of things that we think that like, biggins would like and all that kind of stuff and mm-hmm. one thing i said is just like i think he's somebody that you know for some of us who have been around for a long time, like he's impacted us one way or another. And uh, a lot of us still think about him, especially like the success of in between AIW and people who have been through AIW. Like, I think he would be absolutely ecstatic about. So it's like, it's just one of those things I always constantly think of, even with, uh, and I think I know I've said it before too, you know, say what you want about Myers and Cardona, but you know, fucking Biggins would be a huge fan of them. Like, like, everything that they do with the figure, basically because of the figures and everything. Cause he, he was so big on that. Like, it's crazy to think that I remember a time when, um, uh, biggins was selling Hasbro's and LJN's like at the gimmick table and they weren't like crazy expensive, but yeah. Um, I think that cause it covers a lot of the uh, pre-show stuff, uh, and a little bit of intermission, but yeah, kind of a, a straightforward show of it being, you know, $20 general admission. There were seats, which is something, like, I don't know if it's new to the Outpost. Like, i had been to a few concerts throughout the years prior to, prior to COVID, to where there was, like, no, like, places to sit. Like, I think they might have the stuff towards the back, like those booths, but at the end of the day, it was just, you know, it was like standing room only. Like, I went to two ICP shows, I went to a couple local band shows there, and, yeah, there was just, you know, standing everywhere. So when we went this year... For AIW, I saw that there, were, you know, there were chairs inside, uh, as well as you know, uh, some picnic tables. I should say outside because the outside part is fairly new. And then I went to see a Metallica cover band twice last year. One was outside, one was inside, and like there were chairs both times. And I'm just like, oh, that's that's different. Um, I wonder what they'll do when you know AIW comes inside. Turns out they did have like I think it was like three or four rows of chairs. Um, but we were quick in and we got we got front row seating which is great um yeah i uh, pretty pretty much it about that i thought uh i thought it worked out really well and there was still like plenty of room to stand and there was just a lot of people everywhere yep all right uh getting into the show we did start things off with a 10 bell salute to jay briscoe and you know this wasn't just like a one of those things that were like oh we're gonna just pay tribute to this you know wrestler, but somebody who had actually been inside an AIW ring, it, uh, he was here at Absolution 7 against Irish Airborne. And uh, I know I did a meet and greet that day. I thought I, I got an autograph, but I must have just did a picture because I looked through all my 8x10s and I couldn't couldn't find one. But I'm, I'm happy with at least having the picture because I remember being like really excited that they were going to be there and... I didn't really ever get a chance to meet them again. I even think when I went to Supercard of Honor, which they were there, uh, I don't think they were doing meet and greets. If they were, they might have been in one of the more booked ones because they had a. With Supercard of Honor, they had like two different uh, times for autographs and it was different roster of people. And like the second one was like filled with Bullet Club people, like the Young Bucks and Cody and uh, Gorillas a Destiny, also. Matt and Jeff Hardy and there was like other people there but because those lines were like so long I don't remember a lot of the other people but I, I don't think they were in the first
1: batch but uh did you did you go to episode 7? No that was during the era of me not driving by myself to shows even though I wanted to go Uh and I had like mentioned how much I wanted to see the Briscoes constantly and then Thorn booked them and I didn't get to go <laughs> So,
0: so yeah you're probably kicking yourself in the ass on that one
1: Uh, a little bit. Um, I did get to see them live though. Um, at all in. So, I mean, I did at least get to see them live once. Yeah. So.
0: Yeah, I wasn't sure if you were coming around then because I I knew around that point it was like you were hit or miss.
1: Like usually it was if Jayhawk was available because he would drive and I because I just I didn't drive to Cleveland. I didn't wasn't comfortable with it. Now it's not a problem. I don't care. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I'd uh. It's like I, I don't remember what shows you exactly went to because like how sporadic they were. But I thought you went to at least a lot of the episodes because you went to the one episode that I missed, which was nine. Yeah, I didn't go
1: to ten. Um, Ooh, that's a good one, too. Yeah, I, there, there was. Yeah, it was very much. It was very sporadic. It seemed like the only like the bigger shows is when I usually ended up going for, for a lot of it. So,
0: yeah, then we actually we actually did a, a retro review of episode seven back during COVID like, cause I wanted to revisit that whole thing. And I know I remember when I was uh, making images for the episode, I was like purposely trying to cover up the uh, Confederate flags that they were wearing in the, some of the promotional stuff. And it was just, or <laughs> so it was like, I just trying to like get around. it, like, yeah, like they did this at one time, but let's just not focus on that per se. Uh, but nonetheless, actually when uh, the episode was recorded last week, uh, I think it was like right before me and Dustin started recording, we, the news had come out of, uh, Jay Briscoe's passing. Dustin, uh, had a shout out, to, uh, to them towards the end or, you know, towards Jay Briscoe, but it does suck. And, uh, wish the best for his family. I'm happy from a professional driver's point of view that like, he wasn't at fault. Cause if it was like something dumb that he did, I would've been like, man, that's, uh, it's, it's, it's like hard for me. To, to sympathize with you if you like you did something stupid, but it turns out like, no, as far as the reports i read, it was the other driver, distracted driver. And yeah, it just breaks my heart uh, here. Not just losing of a, of a wrestler, but losing of a father. Um, and the wrestling world did come together last time. You know, I heard they did hit the $200,000, uh, go fund me ish thing that they were doing, which I don't know if they went any, any higher, but I think that that's awesome. And, you know, we, we got to think of a lot of the other things that go into this of funeral costs, medical costs. And then I'm not sure how much farming was their life and taking him out of it, like how much that would hurt things. So it's, I'm happy to hear the wrestling community came together and could help. Any, uh, any other thoughts on uh, Jay Briscoe? Uh, no, man. Oh, so, yeah, that's how uh, the show started off. And then, you know, we did get into the very first match. Started things off with Philly Collins and Marino Tanaglia, PME versus Hendrick Hawkins and Vic Weiss H2V2. Which I was hoping there was like some sort of uh, compound that was actually H2V2 and they could be called that. But I looked it up and it's nothing. Like, it's, it would be, it's two hydrogen atoms, and I can't remember what V is off the top of my head, but there is a, an element that is V, and I thought that would be actually kind of cool, but whatever. Um, what were your thoughts on starting off with this match?
1: Oh, this is a solid way to start off the show. Um, you know, getting since they're going to start teaming Hendrix and uh, Vic together more often, obviously putting them in there with uh, very experienced tag teams is going to be a great help with them. So... Um, this was definitely a great test for them. And you can obviously tell um, that they were still a little, little new um, with some of the timing and stuff like that. But I think the overall uh, they had some really great moments in it. Um, their tag team um, double team. They did with the uh, rock bottom zigzag. Uh, that was pretty sweet. I don't know what they call it. I'm going to find out uh, hopefully next week, uh, but uh, it's just pretty good stuff.
0: Yeah, I like the combination of Hawkins and Vice. They just seem to go together really well. And I'm interested in seeing how that team evolves over time. And I I don't know, like, obviously what their bookings are outside of AIW, but I would guess there could potentially be more, like, single stuff. And that's fine. Because, again, I've said before about, like, the evolution of all these wrestlers. But, like, these two being put together makes a, a lot of sense and there's a bit and it's it's not like it's not 100% it kind of reminds me of uh, Sean and Diesel like Vic's kind of more of a Sean and Hawkins is more of a Diesel like it's not 100% perfect like obviously like you know Hawkins isn't 7 foot tall in the same kind of style but like there's just I mean there's just kind of like this style that I am like I get with them is that that's just me or how, how are you feeling about that
1: I mean, they, they definitely, um, complement each other. Yeah. Um, I know that they're working on getting matching gear and working on, um, merch and stuff like that as well. So, I mean, they, they're definitely in it for the long haul. I think that, you know, we've always had a strong tag division and in, in AIW, especially in the last three to four years. Mm-hmm. So obviously adding to that's going to be, uh, you know, a good thing. And, and Hendrix even says he enjoys tag team wrestling, um, more now because of this, so I mean, that's pretty sweet that you know he enjoys that more. So now he gets to be in a tag team and and that kind of thing. And I mean, that's you know, it's never a bad thing to have another tag team out there because you can always have them as singles, but you know, having them as a tag team, there's lots they can do.
0: And then to go up against PME, definitely, um, one of the top tag teams in AIW. I mean, granted, they're not champions now, but over the past few years, they've held the titles few times. So this this was really tough competition for them, but unfortunately, Marino did pin Vic Vice for the win to pick up the victory for PME. Any uh final thoughts on that match?
1: I uh, know, it was a really good opener and uh it got uh things going and and hyped and moving along for the for the night.
0: Completely agree. Let's move on to the next one. Match number 2 saw Kayla Cassidy versus Ziggy Heim and uh Ziggy coming out there just you know breaking fist with all the fist pump uh bumps uh my hand's still recovering from it but uh this was something that we talked about in the preview of we haven't seen a lot of singles wrestling out of Ziggy and in the women's division it's been you know next to nothing and like nothing in front of a uh, a regular AIW crowd and granted this it this isn't the most regular, like this isn't the Odeon or any everything, but compared to go for broke and to Canton shows, this is uh, like the closest she's gotten to that. So this was really interesting to see. And I'm wondering if, you know, going forward in this year, will we see more of Ziggy in, you know, singles matches?
1: I mean, we're adding a lot of these secondary shows where it's not going to be, you know as we call them like they're not a main show so they're gonna be like your winchester's your your uh outposts um that, that kind of thing maybe uh same with like the youngstown uh, with the bowling alley um if we keep getting shows like that i could see them adding um more chances for people to do like stuff like that and have her wrestle singles instead of just being there with Derek. Um, that kind of stuff. I could see her getting more opportunities um, and doing different things because you want each of these smaller cards to be different and unique and not just be the same old stuff. So you get to try different things and, you know, see if something sticks. If it doesn't, you know, try something else, that kind of stuff. So yeah, it makes a lot of sense. And the one thing I noticed too
0: is Jocelyn was not booked on this card, but she was there. She was in the crowd for. Maybe all the matches, but I only heard her in a couple, but in particular with this one that I liked, you know, she came out there and like put out her fist when Ziggy came out for to get fist bumped. So there was this really cool like layer of respect within the division because when it comes down to it, like that's our, our two regular women, we have some that kind of fall outside of that. And I don't know whether uh, they're just not around right now or, or what it might be, but like you can expect Jocelyn and Ziggy to be pretty much either on every show or at every show. So a lot of people want that division to be something. And I, I do think we're like far away from that being what it was, but to, to have at least those two women to to count on is pretty awesome. And Ziggy having, having this match was a, uh, a bit of a showcase for her. Cause like I said, we, we haven't even seen her in a, singles match since the Bill Alfonso uh, show or her Bill Alfonso match, I should say. Uh, what were your thoughts on that? Uh, Kaylee Cassidy.
1: Uh, she definitely could draw with the crowd. um. So that was good. Um, I mean, she, she did pretty decent. I thought she did. Okay. Yeah. I think coming into this, like we were all
0: like, so behind Ziggy that like, she just, she knew that we were going to be against her. And I do think she handled that really well. I, I do want to see more from her that uh, she was somebody that like, the name was familiar, but like I couldn't tell you every place I've seen her or anything like that. But now, like okay, I've seen her live once. We'll see what happens next.
1: Thoughts on uh, the match as a whole? Um, this—I mean, this fit right in with everything else. You know, I think you kind of mentioned, um, you know, thinking we we're going to have this start off the show. So with it coming out second, uh, you're pretty close to that, and uh, it just kept the momentum rolling. Yeah, I didn't necessarily
0: mention it here, but I mean, I thought this was kind of like where we were going to start. It was the first match to announce, but I know that doesn't mean shit, but something just felt like this would be like a great place to start. Um, uh, but having it be in the second match still fine. And I also have no issue with, uh, the tag team match starting, starting things off. Um, I, je- I mean, I've said it before. I generally like everybody in the IW and getting to see a lot of them, more and more, and seeing them evolve, like I'm, I'm a huge fan of that. So, like going into this show and seeing like that tag team match start off, it's like okay, obviously you know P.M.E. is great. Now we get to see them go up against this this new team that's literally just formed very recently, and they just debuted under a year. So, what are we what are we going to get out of these guys? So, having this now with Ippy Ziggy versus Kayla, this this was definitely you know you know Ziggy showing up and. I think she did a very good job. I, I feel like she was limited a little bit. I don't know. I don't know what. Maybe just because I'm, I'm used to seeing her being a little more unhinged. But I think, uh, I think giving another opportunity, another match, whether it be versus a man or a woman, I think she will step up. Like I, I think there's a part of me that's like waiting for her to go up against somebody like way bigger, somebody maybe uh, Sam Holloway. like like that that kind of dynamic. But we'll see. If there's uh, no other thoughts on this match, it was uh, Ziggy pinning Kayla for the win. Let's move on to the next one. Next, we saw Sid Von England versus Dominic Greeny. Now, we did not cover this in the preview because uh, the match hadn't been announced yet. And I thought with the number of matches that were announced, like that was going to be it. Turns out, you know, one short, but I don't know how much would have been added in a preview for this. But, um... Ziggy, not Ziggy, Sid versus Dom. I, I've said it before and I'll say it again, as a singles wrestler, I do love Sid. When he gets to show off like this, I think, I think it's obviously a really good thing for him. You, you had some complaints during this match. I know it because we were sitting next to each other and heard you. So thoughts on this match?
1: I, I don't remember my complaints for
0: this match. What were my complaints? Uh, one in particular, I remember Sid did something. You're like, oh, so but somebody does it better.
1: Oh, he was doing the the finger snap, yeah, uh, which is like a British staple. Like I get it, like it's a British staple type move where like you get the snap and like it 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 looks bad and uh, you know uh, he did like the stretching of the hands and stuff like that. Uh, you know, Zack Saber does it. Uh, a guy that is canceled uh, used to do the snap really well. Um, I mean, it's whatever, like I wasn't really bitching about it. I was just kind of making an offhand comment, but uh, I still like really enjoyed this match. This match was a lot of fun and uh, their styles meshed really, really well and it made for a a really fun match. This is probably one of my favorites uh, of the night. I think this was probably
0: my dark horse favorite to where, you know, if I were to look at all the matches on the card. I wouldn't have had this high on my list, but it, it did a lot better than that. I won't put it as my favorite. Cause there's actually a, another match later in the night that for me was definitely match of the night. And I have the reason for it. And it was not the main event, <laughs> but, uh, which I don't know why you're laughing. It's not, I know what your match of the night. I think I know what your match of the night is,
1: but you absolutely know what my match of the night was,
0: but my, absolutely my match of the night is not that match of the night. It well, it's not that same uh-huh. match, I should say. So, yeah, we'll we'll get into that. And, yeah, I can't wait to hear your reaction on your match tonight. But anyway. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Sid and Dom absolutely killed it. Uh I want to see more from Sid and AIW. I feel like for various reasons, like, he's not someone we see on every show. But I, I want to see more consistency. But I don't know exactly every reason for that. Anything else to add?
1: Dom's pile driver always looks super gross when he hits it on people. And yeah. it got a massive pop when he hit it, too. And it wasn't even the finish.
0: <laughs> and it wasn't even the finish. Uh, it was Dom uh, pinning Sid for the win.
1: That muscle buster. Still waiting on that Dom Joe match. Just saying. <laughs> Book it, Tony Khan. Now I'm just going to yell at Thorne's Twitter account constantly for him for all the stuff like. Now I really want Kaplan versus Q. And I yelled at him on Twitter that I want that match. Uh, I want, I want, you know, Dom versus Joe. I want, there's lots of stuff I want. I'm just going to just bug him on there. I mean, it works because, you know, we got X-Pac now coming in March. So, complain, you know, bugging him enough, maybe, you know, we'll, we'll get everybody else I want. Or he'll just block me, one of the two.
0: I <laughs> wonder if I can get ICP back. That's still like my favorite booking he's ever done.
1: That was a that was a wild one, and I also that's another one I regret not getting photos with. ICP. Yeah, why not, man? Fuck, I've listened to him since I was a kid. That would have been so fucking cool. I don't know why I flaked on on so many meet and greets constantly. Like, there's you have a stack of eight by tens. I have a stack of regrets of not doing the <laughs> fucking meet and greets at these shows. Like, constantly, I have fucking regrets. That's why like I want Rhino to come back for another another one off because i he was there doing autographs and photos, and I did not get a photo with Rhino, and I would love to have a photo with Rhino and an autograph. so
0: not only do I have a a photo with Rhino, I have him photo bombing me with another
1: photo, <laughs> so yeah, like there, I just it's really bad. I don't understand what goes through my mind. That's why I told you I was like. From now on, if I got that gut instinct, like, oh, I kind of want that photo. It's happening now from now on. It's I'm not I'm not going to have these regrets anymore because they suck. And uh yeah, I don't I don't want to do that no more. I don't know if I have any like
0: regrets. There's I missed Terry Funk, but that was on my work. That's like a different regret. It's not like, oh, I I lucked out and or not lucked out. I. You know, I chose not to do it and I really wish I would have. It's no, I tried and I've like been to two other things that he was supposed to be at. And it was kind of like, well, if he shows up, you know, I'll get everything there. One was in Philly. The other one was Russell and he had to cancel both of those. And I, I'm obviously not mad at all because he was never like my top person at each of those shows. I'm still more mad at my old company that I worked for fucking me over and not getting me to the venue till after intermission. And I mean, I, I talked to Terry Funk for two seconds when he walked up the stairs and asked for where the restroom was and me and another guy who was canceled, I pointed uh, him in the right direction. And then he went off for the night and I never, I wasn't, I'm not one of the cool people that got an update of where they were partying with Terry Funk. So, um, yeah, I didn't, didn't really get to meet him. So that's, that is a regret, but, I think everybody else, like, if I like them enough, I was just like, yeah, I'm doing it. Anybody else? It's been like, I like I passed on Harley Race, only because like I'm not a, I was never really huge Harley Race guy, and on top of it, like, I didn't like how he looked. Like when you get some people that are just like, are really close to death, and it's just like, ah, it's not how I want to remember them. Same thing with like Bobby Heenan when I was when I was in Philly and saw him. Like, I, it's like I don't want to remember Bobby Heenan like that. I want to remember the '90s Bobby Heenan. Like I love that know, not this one. That like it was just sad looking at him. But other,
1: yeah, other than I Ter- mean, I guess I would have at least gotten an autograph because at least you know the autograph isn't gonna yeah true do that. And but it could have been on like you know one of his photos from the '90s, and uh, uh, that would have been good. He was he was he's definitely one that I I wish was still around um, to have at a show because holy shit, would he be fun?
0: Yeah, I mean, that leads into a different conversation that I've thought of, Of you know, think of, like, all the wrestlers that passed away probably, like, pre-2011 or 2010 that really missed out on, like, WrestleCon and comic book conventions or conventions in general. Like, dude, Bam Bam would make a fucking killing, I think. Uh, him, like, Awesome, Test, there's a lot of them, man. Earthquake potentially even Yoko like mm-hmm. there's, there's a lot that, Oh, uh, Chris Candido. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think Chris Candido would have wrestled a lot longer too. That's a dude that I think would have could potentially been something like Shane Douglas of like a guy who's not officially retired, retired, but like, you know, he's not getting the same kind of bookings.
1: Right. He's doing a walking brawl, uh, you know, for AIW every so often. Yeah. Like Chris Candido for Lid. Like that, that would be like a cool
0: thing, but there's like a whole bunch of people that I think of like that, that just flat out missed out on that era. Like even he falls right around that cutoff is Macho Man, like Macho Man would have made a killing.
1: Oh, for sure. For sure. I think Macho Man would have been my like number one, uh, like meet and greet besides Stone Cold. I think those two are my would have been my one and two for meet and greets um that i would absolutely go to if it was somewhere close to me i would go to it and spend whatever to get an autograph and a photo so still oh, hope for stone cold one day that'd be pretty sweet somewhere like steel city or something in cleveland something like that so i can go and get the uh, autograph and the photo that'd be really cool
0: i'm trying to figure out who i have left to like meet that i really want to meet like i've met a lot of my like upper tier people like, literally the only two people I can think of, and I'm hesitant on both of them for obvious reasons, but I wouldn't. Ne- I don't know what opportunity I'd ever have to meet them, and that's Kane, because I grew up loving Kane, mm-hmm. and Vince. Like, I-, I know, like, Vince is a piece of shit, but there's a part of me that would love to, like, meet him and kind of thank him for, like, all that he kind of did for me, you know, without him doing some of the things he did in professional wrestling, like, I don't know where I'd be.
1: Yeah, I'd just rather not think about that. <laughs> uh, but uh, another one, Malachi Black. He was at AIW. God oh. uh, on him. I will say, that I don't think he had a gimmick table though. Like,
0: if you wanted anything with him, you had to wait. I'm mean, granted, you had to wait till after the show. But like, I know he didn't have a gimmick table. But there were people that did wait after the show. And like, at that point, I think it was, it was rumored he was going to WWE, but I don't think it had been confirmed yet.
1: So, yeah, that's another one of those. Uh he wanted to face Ray Rowe, and I was like, Hey, AIW, book this match, and literally it was booked within like a couple of weeks, and I was like, motherfucker, and I couldn't go. Was that
0: a more of a work one?
1: Uh most of the time I ended up having to work, but like honestly, any of my times that I had to work, I could have switched if I had knew that jayhawk could go yeah because my work was very good about letting me switch with whoever i wanted who like my people would switch with me so because we had a really like family knit electronics group at walmart so like we were very good about switching each other's shifts whenever we needed it and i could have gotten any day i needed off uh to do that i could have got that friday off it wouldn't have been a problem it just i wasn't driving by myself up to cleveland at that time so i think you need to get a tattoo that says no regrets. And then, uh, he was supposed to be at the, uh, the Wrestling Under the Stars. And then that's when he took his time off from AEW. So missed him there too. So, maybe this year. Maybe. I mean, at least I got my Pentagon. Uh, you know, I got to see him and get a photo with him when he was at AIW and, uh, the first time. And then, uh, he was at Wrestling Under the Stars and I was going to have him sign my figure and I didn't have him sign it because, uh, I thought they'd be there at intermission and then they didn't come out at in intermission. So
0: Oh, that's I that's stopped. that's another big thing. Yeah. Like sometimes like you have to get it when you can. Yeah. Because they may, might not come back for intermission. Cause I know that's something that I've kind of had to deal with it either like I'd rather be first in line for seats so when the doors open, uh I'm able to run to the gimmick tables and get shit done quick. Because when you got like stuff like, you know, uh ah, Johnny Gargano's like final time in the AIW, you know, before absolutely before he went to WWE, and then there was like a few other meet and greets. Like maybe I was gonna say the Young Bucks, but no, the Young Bucks wasn't a big meet and greet. But there, there's you know what I mean. There were some that like have these like long ass lines. Scott Hall the first time, long ass line. Se- actually, fuck, second time, long ass fucking line. Even like he was still signing. I thought when the show started because like
1: there was just so many people. Yeah, that was. uh, I definitely was excited for the Scott Hall and I, I got my photo with him that's what I knew I had to do um cuz Scott Hall's always been one of my favorites especially Razor Ramon and that's the photo I had him sign with him with the Intercontinental belt as Razor Ramon that's that's one of my favorite uh autographs I got um Zack Sabre Jr. luckily I got to see him and uh I I specifically remember waiting in line to meet him and standing in front of Ethan Pages uh table and kind of like <laughs> Sort of making small talk with him and uh, felt bad that I was like standing in like people's way of like, like I have, I have very good etiquette when it comes to like waiting on wrestlers to talk to them if I'm not going to buy anything uh and stuff like that. And like standing off to the side so that they can still, you know, yeah, people can come up, get their stuff, get them signed. He can take time with them and then we can continue our conversation. I'm very good about that because I don't want to take money out of their pockets. Um Oh, yeah. And so I felt really bad about standing in front of him, even though there was no other place to stand because it was so packed because I think Gargano had a massive line. Um, Cause it was, he was on NXT TV at that time. I want to say,
0: was that the, that was the Zack Sabre jr. Dom match, right?
1: No, this was Zack Sabre against whoever the champ was, which I think was, who was the champ at the time? Is that J pro? I want to say it was, Ethan Page for some reason, but I don't think that's right. The only time I
0: remember Zack Sabre Jr. at AIW was the Dom match.
1: Yeah, he had that one, but he had, um, he was there like three times. No, I was going to say, was he at the AIW versus the World? Or Bloodsport? Trying to see if I can.
0: I know with, you know, that whole etiquette thing, that's something I try to do. Because like guys like Ethan Page, uh, Johnny Gargano, when, you know, they were, you know, wrestling at AIW a lot. I would like go up and do like some small talk, but anytime I saw someone was behind me, you know, I would, you know, either step out of the way or just like leave completely. Just like, Hey, you know, one to one to say, Hey, I don't want to, I didn't want to take, I didn't look at as taking money out of their pocket. I looked at more of the, the person who was behind me. Like, I don't want to sit there and take up their time that they could be meeting whatever wrestler it is. Cause that's, that's always been my thing. that's like when, uh, you know, Johnny was at toy Ohio And only thing I wanted to do was just like say hi to him for a quick minute and like the, one of the people like taking money and everything thought I was crazy for it. And it's just like, no, I'm like, I'm not going to like, I'm not taking any money out of it. I'm, I tried to like wait till like close to the end. So a lot of, a lot of people were, went ahead of me and I was just like, you know, just give me a, like a minute and I'll be fine. Just want to exchange pleasantries. And then I forgot to tell him that, um, the, his brother's, uh, dad, uh, was the DJ at my wedding at the reception. So I want—I forgot that like, anytime I've seen him, I forgot to mention that to him. So uh, that was, I think the last time we, I did end up seeing him. So I was like, I want to throw that out there, you know, just say hi real quick. And just, that was that.
1: So, yeah, he was there three times. He faced uh, Lewis Linden uh, at Absolution and lost. Then he faced Ethan Page for the absolute title and lost. And that's the one that I was at. And then he had the match with Dom. But the, the Dom was the first match, right? It might have been. Because I feel like that's in, like, reverse order. I'm trying to look through. Because
0: I thought the first time he was there was the Dom match. Because that's when I got a picture with him. And, like, Zack Sabre Jr. didn't have, like, a big meet and greet line, I would say. Like, he wasn't like, oh, you know, go over here for this. Like, he was just, like, a regular gimmick table person. That's the one way to put it. Because there are the people that, you know, they have a, a table set up for them for back at Mount Carmel. You know, it was by the entranceway. And, you know that's where you would create a big line.
1: Well, anyway, let's get back to the... Uh,
0: yeah, that's, that's kind of what I was about to say. I was waiting to see if you figured out like the exact order real quick
1: before we moved on. No, nah, we can move on. It's, it's not something major. We'll make everybody out there pull their hair out that they know the answer, and we didn't answer it, so it'll be fine. Uh, Anthony Young versus
0: Chase Oliver. This is the uh, second time we've seen Anthony Young. In AIW, and also, I heard Dustin say it on commentary, like very early in the match. Uh, he said he's already lasted longer than he, or you know, he said more offense in this match than he did against Broner. Yeah. So, but yeah, uh, yeah. Anthony Young, unfortunately, is always put up against somebody in AIW that uh, can dominate one way or another. This one, I mean, not as bad as Broner, but you know, you have the Scramble God and a guy who uh, could easily win a, t- a title in AIW right now thoughts on this match
1: chase uh obviously couldn't utilize uh any high flying stuff in this because of the low ceiling so i already knew i was like all right he's gonna have to uh you know hit that corner death valley driver that he does uh usually as a setup and i was like well that's he's gonna have to try to hit that to finish the match um and they went crazy with the technical wrestling and 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 everything like that they were all over the mat I just remember the, the map being so loud during this match, like them flipping around and doing stuff like on, just on the mat and everything. And it was so loud. Um, yeah, that's, that's the main thing I really remember.
0: I hope we get more of Anthony young in AIW. I, I want to see him kind of in a scramble. You know, we've seen him these one-on-one matches, but I think that's a dude that could really shine in a, in a scramble match and put it in a, you know, a venue that's not, you know, with a low ass ceiling. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I got nothing else on this one. Uh, It was Chase pinning uh, Young for the win, and uh, uh, Chase got a really nice picture in while I'm taking the the results picture where he uh, gives me a nice thumbs up. Let's uh, move on to the next one. Got members only, Malcolm Cambridge and Calvin G. Lewis versus the Rip City Shooters, Wes Barkley and Joshua Bishop. Uh, members only mainly uh, Calvin did not care for the thumbs up for Bishop. (laughs) I did get clarification on Twitter uh, later that if it's not against them, they don't care. And I was like, you know what? That's, that's understandable. But, uh, this was my match of the night. And one of the reasons is this was announced that it was going to be under intense rules, but the match for the most part was like a regular tag team match. And you know, Pretty much Rip City controlling most of the match. And then Calvin ends up going outside and grabbing some chairs and using them. And at this moment is when it really kicked in more um, intense roles, And that's why, for me, it was the match of the night, because they did such a good job of putting that out of my mind. And just, I'm like thinking like, oh, it's a regular team match. To then just be like, fuck this. We have we we have to get weapons. We have to use a chair. We ha- we have to find a way to, you know, take Bishop down. Mostly Bishop. Unfortunately. Well not.
1: yeah, because they started off uh actually pretty hot and actually uh were kind of showing up uh Rip City to begin with before they kinda got, you know, worn down a little bit. So when they pulled out the weaponry, I'm like, okay, here here we go. Uh and they they delivered, I don't know, ten fucking chair shots to to Bishop and I I had a really great line of the night. Uh, confetti came out of, the, <laughs> out
0: about of that. the
1: ceiling or something. Yes, and uh, and Pam was sitting next to next to me, and she goes, "Where the hell did the confetti come from?" And I said, "From Josh's head, obviously," <laughs> as he was getting smacked repeatedly in the head. So, uh, yeah, that was it was pretty wild. Um, and you know, it just goes to show, like members only. You think that that would be like a squash against Rip City, but they held their own and uh you know they've advanced so much since where they you know from where they came uh from where they started and uh i think that that just proves that the aiw tag division is just uh, stellar i mean they was it wasn't anything to them to be able to to go in there and they didn't look out of place against uh you know facing the absolute champion and and uh west barkley so i thought that was very good it was a very good showing for them i kind of thought like right before we got the chairs
0: That what we were seeing was more just like stamina from members only of like, yeah, we like we can't outpower you, but we're just going to get you tired. We're going to run you down that way to where then we can capitalize on it. Then the chairs came out and I kind of did forget about the confetti thing, which I don't know how it came off on fight plus, but without a doubt that did look cool as shit. <laughs> to, to see the chairs being swung and then there's can almost like it was coming out of them so uh,
1: yeah like, absolutely she's like where'd the confetti come from it's from Bishop's head and we all lost it uh, cause that was just <laughs> I mean he was just taking them right on top of the head one after another and it just confetti just started flying out of it so I forgot to look at their calendar and see like what shows were there
0: recently that would get uh, confetti stuck up there,
1: but uh, honestly, it could have even been from recently. Like, if you really think about it, like it could have been from New Year's. But honestly, like I remember there being times where like stuff would happen with doors and other stuff at the Odeon and 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 glitter and stuff would fall from like confetti would fall from the ceiling. So like that shit just gets up in there and is just there until it falls. So I mean, that's who knows for how long that stuff was up there and just the wafting from the the chair was able to loosen it and send it flying into the crowd and the ring.
0: <laughs> yeah. I still, I still wondered what the hell it was. Oh, uh, what, what, what got it up there. I know uh, when I'm there for when I've been there for ICP, That obviously like everything like lands on the floor cause it's fucking fago And I, I do know when, uh, at the end of the night when uh, some of the workers, I don't want to say they were complaining, but they were like, Oh, make sure everything's cleaned up. I was thinking I've seen this place look whole hell of a lot worse <laughs> than what it looks like right now. Like I have pictures of uh what the outpost looks like after ICP and I'll put it like this because of how small that venue is, like Fago probably doesn't go past where we were sitting. So it's just just a pool of Diet Fago up there. But anyway. So yeah, the once members only grabbed the chairs, it it did take this to a different level. And we kind of saw a side of members only that we've never seen before. If we have, I don't remember, but this was uh no pun intended. A very intense uh, members only. And I think against any other team, they could have won, but uh, not against uh, the shooters. Any other thoughts on this match? Uh, no. Uh, it was Bishop pinning Calvin G. Lewis for the rip city shooters to pick up the win. Uh, after the match, they, uh, they went to the bar and uh kind of a big night of promoting the bar, the sales and also they still had a Christmas sale. So, uh, I'm not sure how much of that was drank, but I think I think I think a lot of people were drinking that night. Uh, after this we did go to intermission, kind of talked about anything about that, and then uh, we came back to this match. Tyson Riggs versus Kaplan. You want you want you want to take it from here? <laughs>
1: Uh, so Tyson Ergis came out and was, uh, having a student hand out his pamphlets or his flyers for the school. Uh, and then Kaplan came out and he said, no, nah, you gotta face my student first before you'll face me. Uh, Kaplan obviously just massacred the student within like two seconds. And, uh, then it was on and Kaplan beat the ever loving piss out of Tyson Riggs I mean he at one point was just straight fucking punching him in the chest like you know Kaplan throws his bombs to begin with he was just throwing these bombs just right at his chest he was like chopping them and then he just stopped and was just like fuck that and was punching him in the chest uh, and Stacy and I were laughing hysterically the entire time I had I was crying I was laughing so hard uh, at the beating that Tyson Riggs was taking um, Kaplan uh, said he was going to beat the shit out of that twink, and he absolutely did. Um, holy fuck, this match was uh, a really fun ride. I v- highly recommended it to Jay Gold to watch because he didn't get to see it live, uh, so he went back and watched it and agreed that it was uh, ridiculous how, how bad uh, Kaplan beat the fucking shit out of Tyson Riggs. How was he
0: not watching it live? He was tweeting about it.
1: Uh, there was, I guess, some point he wasn't able to, he wasn't watching a chunk of it live. Like he had, uh, I don't know if he was going somewhere, driving somewhere, something, I don't know. Because he had to go back and watch it because he missed it.
0: Okay. Yeah, because I obviously wasn't following his tweets in real time, but I know I, I had seen some and I thought they were, you know, right around showtime. And he also like promoted uh, like a live watch along. So I figured yeah, he was, he was was
1: he was watching the whole thing live. But anyway. I have no idea what he, what he was doing.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, this was just Kaplan beating the piss out of Tyson Riggs but I I think that's kind of what we expected
1: for sure I mean it was I mean that's what I expected like I I knew that like Tyson had absolutely zero chance to beat Kaplan the Bill Alfonso hardcore champion like come on like what he didn't even like he, he he showed like one little like glimmer like that he might try to do something and it just didn't do nothing.
0: Yeah, it was uh, Kaplan pinning Tyson for the win. Let's move on to the next one: Lewis Lyndon versus what many have called my favorite uh, student, Shawn Mason. <laughs> and uh, this this showed kind of you know Lewis Lyndon like still has that ability in him. I think it's something that like a lot of people forget about.
1: Like I I lo- so- I key love Lewis Lyndon. When Lewis Lyndon came out, uh he had them turn up his entrance music. Yes. Uh which was absolutely ridiculous. Um you know, Shaw Mason just continues to uh impress me with with how he adapts to uh these matches. Like he doesn't have like any like you you'll see in like some of the the new the new guys matches where like they'll have like a couple like slip ups or like you know something doesn't go just right and there you can kind of tell her like trying to figure it out i don't see that with shaw very often if at all like he's like on point the whole damn match um it seems like and uh him and lewis linden they they gelled real well together and uh put on a really compelling match like i got into it towards the end and like i was i was, it was pretty enjoyable like uh, I like to see uh, Shaw work on some different stuff, like maybe some some different moves other than the the handful he does very very well. Um, but I like to see him expand that repertoire a little bit instead of just uh, going right for that ankle lock constantly. There's there's lots of submission holds you could run right into uh, and and roll into from that. So hey, he's doing it, he's doing you he's, know, uh, he's doing what he's told. Been
0: told, you know, grab a hold
1: and you know. Well, I'm, I'm just saying, you know, like we've seen him uh, you know, a handful of times. Like he, he's, you, you've seen what he, he knew he does very well with what he's doing now. And, you know, a lot of wrestlers, they always try to expand and, and improve. And I think that he he's obviously doing just fine. Uh, he can expand and improve at any point in time and do different things. I think that he's playing it safe right now, but I feel like he can absolutely do more. And, uh, I'm not saying he needs to like go out and just do a completely different like move set, but I feel like he can add things here and there that I think would uh, enhance his matches, uh, and so they're not so like he goes from this move and then he does this move and then he does that move and like yeah, it's good to have those moves, but like let's 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 see some variety. Like yeah, like I know it's he's still very very young in his career, and I'm sure he'll do tons of other moves, but like, I like to see, like, I don't know, some other submissions. I mean, he, he grabbed that ankle lock like three or four times during the match. And I feel like just a little bit, a little bit much. I don't know. Just, just my opinion. Other than that, I really enjoyed the match. Like I said, they had great chemistry and, uh, I, I got into the, uh, especially like about halfway through, I was really into the match and, uh, thought the ending was really good.
0: Yeah. It was, uh, Shaw Mason pitting
1: Lewis Linden,
0: uh, something that I, don't know if it was caught on fight plus, but uh, Shaw Mason f- falls backwards, uh, into a curtain and like right at the right spot where right behind the curtain was an open door. <laughs> so he's sp- pretty much spilled to the outside, like literally outside. And I think that it, it goes with what Dustin was saying last week about like, how dumb Shaw could be. <laughs> so, the <laughs> uh, kind of a-, a funny little moment, but you know, uh, Shaw Mason picks up the win. Uh, I'm curious to actually see where, where what Nine to Five does after this. You know, I'm obviously it's not going to necessarily hurt Nine to Five, but you know, is uh, is Lewis Linden going to come back for revenge? Is uh Sean, What? What? Where's Shaw Mason going? But you know, we got two shows coming up. Maybe we'll find out some answers. Maybe we won't. Let's move on to the next one. Cisco Silver versus Austin James. Uh, your boy. Austin James.
1: My boy. Yeah. Our our guest this week on uh the indie wrestling guide, Austin James, aka Crazy Pants. Listen to the uh the show to find out what that means. Uh yeah, this match again, uh, Cisco Silver is another guy that, you know, has uh had that series of matches with Shaw and he just proved that, you know, he can have those matches with Austin James as well. This this was uh pretty good match. I think that, uh, I don't know. I I feel like Austin James, uh, should have kept that bat at ringside, you know, (laughs) might've come come in handy at some point, but he didn't need it. Thank, thank goodness. He, he was still able to get the victory regardless. So good for him. Spoiler alert. My bad. (laughs) Well, it was Austin James pinning
0: Cisco silver. But anyway, I'm wondering if we're going to see more of these matches with, uh, Cisco going up against AIW graduate students because you know Cisco's been around a little while you know maybe not as seasoned as other wrestlers in the area or even you know even within the company it just you know like uh, Derek for example but uh, this helps some of the students get a little better at the same time
1: right like you know it's very much what they what they've said like 8 million times on the AIW podcast that you know these are these shows are to help the students get reps in and stuff like that and that's absolutely fine like that's what these these shows can be very enjoyable when you go in with the expectation of you know seeing a lot of the students and seeing like some of the matches they're going to have with with the, the people that are you know um that they they have them up against and it's very it's you know they're very fun matches uh, I, I was like i said i had a very fun night this was very fun to me all the way through like i didn't get bored or or anything like that um it was, it was a good night all the way through. It was a lot of fun. Each match had something different and, uh, really enjoyed it. Like, I don't even really think there was like a bad match on the card. No, not really. I mean, I, I, I couldn't tell you one. If you asked me to pick one, I mean, I, I enjoyed everything that we got. So,
0: all right, let's, uh, move on to the next one. Pretty boy smooth versus Sam Holloway smooth, making his return to AIW since absolution. And you know, since then, uh, yeah, I think yeah, Absolution was before Jailit. That's when Sam debuted. So this was kind of one of the most even matchups you'll you'll see so far with Sam of someone who is right around his height, right around his build. I will, I think, uh, PB's just a little bit bigger and a little bit taller, but fairly, fairly even. And holy shit, did uh, Sam's mom almost try to fight smooth? <laughs> even, even yelling at one point. Kick his ass for real, and I was just like, "What?" <laughs> but uh, the, yeah, there's a lot of smack talk between his mom and Pretty Boy Smooth. It's it's enjoyable. I mean, obviously, luckily that Sam's mom didn't like try to do something because that's when it's like, "All right, like it was funny." Now it's just now you're dumb. But didn't cross that line, so good. Good to see that. Thoughts on uh, Smooth and Holloway?
1: Uh, like I said, this was very evenly matched. Um, I think the finish was you know not great but that was it's not on sam i think that it was delivered rather poorly um i mean other than that i thought the match was fine i just i don't i uh i thought like everything else was fine with it for the most part so i think the 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 ending kind of like made it fall flat for me though i think the with it not like hitting the way it needed to hit. It looked very just weak and just not great. So it just kind of was like a fart in church at the end, but uh, the rest of the match was fine. I, I enjoyed it. I mean, going by what we've seen though, we've seen worse. Yeah. At least
0: it wasn't a tombstone on the ramp, especially cause there was no ramp, but none the same, same point. Um, I think the biggest thing I got from this, cause it was, you know, pretty much smooth pinning Sam Holloway for the win. But I, I, I think, you know, Pretty Boy Smooth is back. He even said it when he came out that he's back. But I mean, that at that point, I'm like, eh, like you could go away in like next month.
1: It felt like a threat and I, I didn't like it.
0: <laughs> but he <laughs> he seemed this. Could this be uh, the beginning of the return of Pretty Boy Smooth? You know,
1: uh, uh, I, I'm not going to say anything. I'll be nice.
0: He's not a well-liked person among a portion of the fans. I don't have an issue with him, but you know, I've I've heard complaints and I was kinda like looking at his history. He like just an AIW, like he's he's been through a lot of things that like just didn't stick right. Like forty acres was great, but that fell apart like every few months. Like literally of everybody that was in it, the only people left was him and Jocelyn, and then they just decided to like dissolve it after Trey moved away. But the thing that I respect about him is he's always kind of trying to evolve one way or another. So I, I want to see what he does next in AIW. Cause last time he was put in a situation, as
1: long as he doesn't wear a lampshade on his head today, IW, I think he'll be just fine. I thought you liked the lampshade. Nope. I think it's the silliest thing ever.
0: Eh, I, don't know. I don't necessarily have a complaint about it. <laughs> it almost feels like it's just one of those things that you have a wrestler that'll do something in one place, but he might not do it other places. And I think for the most part of independent wrestling, that's confusing because normally,
1: like, it's, it's, I get, I get it. It's like his, like his dark passenger. Okay. Like, it's a thing that's been done multiple by multiple people now. Uh, obviously, Balor has it. Dan Housen has it. Uh, Leo Rush has it. So, like, he has a character like that too. That's fine. Whatever. Um, uh, you know, it's, it's not original, but it's, it's whatever. Uh, so he comes out wearing a, a, a mask that, like, personally to me when i saw it i thought it just reminded me of lampshade and he doesn't even wear it for the match it literally he just takes it off and it's just him wearing like all white it's not even anything i don't know i don't he didn't wrestle any different it it just it just it's whatever i don't know like that it was just silly to me uh personally now the pb we got at uh the outpost? All right, fine I keep a player. He's got the, the fur coat doing the chapstick thing still. All right. Like these, these are things that I do not mind. I think they they fit him and they fit this character. So, I mean, that's absolutely fine. I just, I don't, I don't care for his style of wrestling. I know he is, he's a very big guy and I think that he's very athletic, but it's not what I want to see. Like what he does is not what I want to watch. So that's just, that's just on me. Yeah, uh, anything else to add to the match? Uh, no, I, I just want to see more of Sam uh, wrestling. I think that he had this match with a, a guy his size. Now let's see him against, uh, you know, somebody small, like that, uh, that Irish Strong style kid or whatever that bugs me all the time. No, he doesn't really bug me. i just like teasing him.
0: All right, uh, there's only one match left. If I'm correct. Let's uh, move on to the main event of the evening. Match number 10, the Bitcoin boys, the AIW tag team champions in a rematch for the titles against bulking season. And God, this crowd, do you feel like it was split or was it very pro-Bitcoin?
1: There was a lot of Bitcoin, but then we also had Chuck's dad right next to us going (laughs) crazy. So. Uh, You're going to It definitely felt split, um, but the other side of the room was definitely for Bitcoin and uh, I was for Bitcoin. Personally, I think uh, I know there was like some comedy in this and like they did like a like a funny thing with on the stage and stuff like that. Really enjoyed that. It really was something different. Um, You know, there's so many times we go into a, a heavy AIW show. We get to the main event. Everybody's tired then you're going to try to go and have like a fucking Matt classic for 15, 16 minutes. And it's just, it's not the time and place for that to happen. So throwing in comedy, doing little things like that, throwing in some high spots, very much fit, kept the crowd going, kept the flow going, didn't feel tired at all. uh, Anything like that. Um, You know, they, they had their little bit with the Duke, et cetera, et cetera. And then I'll let you go talk about the rest.
0: Yeah, I love the comedy spot of them brawling to the back and keep going back and forth between the curtains. And Uh, then fighting
1: each other. That was great. Yeah.
0: I I almost thought we were going old school AIW, but since this hasn't happened in forever, where like a third person, or in this case it would be a team, would get involved and be like, All right, you know, now it's now it's a triple threat. That did not happen. But we did have the Duke get no pun intended booted. From the match, and then right as bulking season was about to go for the win, you had the Duke come out, hit Chuck Stone with the Haas boot. So, you know, giving the win to bulking season, but obviously in professional wrestling, titles do not change hands. So Bitcoin boys still your AIW tag team champions. After this, the Duke and the Bitcoin boys started to to beat down on bulking season. But then Beastie Boys music hits and out from the bar comes uh, Rip City Shooters. So they, they come in for the save, run out Bitcoin and the Duke. At this point, bulking season and Rip City challenge the Bitcoin Boys and the Duke to a match. Well, if you do the math, they're they're down a person. And the Duke said he he knew something like this was going to happen. So he paid for the what's the exact wording he used? It wasn't like paid for, but uh he reserved the service of Derek Dillinger for the evening. So we went into what was uh match number 11, the Duke the and the Bitcoin boys with Derek versus bulking season and rip city shooters. And this shit went everywhere. This there's just, there was literally a point where me and Charlie were like, as I know he put it at the time we were all like, on an island by ourselves because like on one side of us, we had brawling going on the other side. There was another brawling going and like, there was like nowhere we could go. And, Ooh, you know, <laughs> I forgot to mention back during the rip city members only match. There was a point where <laughs> Josh Bishop got thrown into the crowd right by us. And, uh, you know, as Josh Bishop was, you know, trying to get back up, he kind of, he kind of kept kicking me like right in the head.
1: Yeah, yeah, that was pretty funny. <laughs> I was laughing pretty good at that.
0: Just kept kicking you right in the head. I kept laughing too. So but uh back to this match. Yeah, just shit's going everywhere. There's you know, there's video online you could see Josh and Derek fighting at the bar, and I think this is gonna be a story going forward of there's still a rivalry between Derek and Josh. Like, yeah, you know, Derek is now the intense champion, but he never beat Josh for it so there is this what seems to be a competition of you can never beat me and you know it seems like Derek is a little resentful about that so this is something we will it just feels like we're going to see going forward one way or another
1: uh, you don't have a no rope bar wire match with somebody and get over it real easy when uh, they beat you so
0: mm-hmm. don't blame. Me. like Derek has the happy ending of now he's intense champion but like he there's that there's an asterisk to it you know he he he's the champion, but he got it from Bishop saying, "Nah, I don't I don't need this title anymore. I just need the absolute." So we see that in this match. Obviously, Bitcoin and bulking season. You know that feud still going. Well, we definitely have not seen the end of that. Uh, any thoughts on this part of the match? Uh,
1: yeah. At one point, it was literally Stacy on one side, you on the other, and me in the middle uh, as chaos erupted around us. And, uh, nowhere to go. Nothing to do. Just stand there and try not to get hit. And, uh, it was pretty good. Pretty fun. At the end of the night,
0: it was balking season, both pinning the Duke to pick up the win for them and the rip city shooters. Then we ended the night with, uh, a toast with a guy who was also sitting with us in the front row, who was, it was his bachelor party came in the ring. Uh, they all, think they were drinking christmas lager or christmas ale but i don't remember nonetheless end of the night everybody goes home happy any uh final thoughts on the show
1: um overall this was a a worthwhile night at the um at the at the wrestles i enjoyed it um i definitely would come back to the outpost for another wrestling show and um can't wait for February 4th and February 11th, man, that's February is going to be super packed, uh, back to back weekends, wrestling shows, and I am all for it. I can't wait to see what else is announced for February 4th. And, um, I know we already got Sandman announced for, for, uh, February 11th, uh, which is huge surprise. I was expecting some other people, but I mean, Sandman's going to be in attendance, which super stoked for that. Um, even though, you know, really can't wrestle but can hit some people with a singapore cane and that's all that really matters so that's dope is he uh, is he on your list of regrets uh so he did a signing um at one point and jayhawk got me his autograph so i have his autograph but i don't have a photo with him so i've never I've never known that he was going to be at a show and missed out on it. So like, I know he was at rager, but I wasn't, I didn't remember him being there. Like I wasn't paying attention to wrestling at that time or for some reason, I didn't see that. So I didn't really regret it. Um, but it has done, you know, it's obvious to me, like, uh, you know, obviously I, I do need to get a photo with him. So hopefully that does happen.
0: I wonder if I can find a Sandman ECW figure at a uh, toy. Ohio that day.
1: Uh see your chances are pretty high. I mean, especially if you go into the toy high group and say, you're specifically looking for that figure, somebody might be able to uh, make sure that they have one available to you.
0: Yeah. And that's, I have to see how much it's going for, whether that's something I want to, I want to pick up, but we got those two shows. And then in March, you know, Xbox was just announced, which we kind of covered already, but uh, yeah. And then I got to figure out how I'm filling up episodes in between there. And I'm hoping there's not an early March show. Cause I figured if there's an early March show, it's going to be like a Winchester.
1: Mm, I can tell you. Yes. March 2nd.
0: Son of a bitch. Um, okay. <laughs> I guess I got to figure, figure some shit out. Cause I might have a, an interview plan soon that I got to drop and whether it'll be a bonus episode or whether it'll be a regular episode. All right. Uh, any final thoughts or last minute plugs before we go?
1: Yeah, uh, check out the Indie Wrestling Guide. This week we have Austin James on. We've also done interviews with Hendrix Hawkins and uh, Big Sam Holloway. Uh, also coming up after, uh, next week we have Vic Vice uh, on February 1st. Uh, and then we're going to round it out with uh, Shaw Mason. And uh, February 22nd, 2 uh, 222. we're going to have two guests on. Um, I can tell you who one of them is right now, and I'll let you try to figure out who the other is. Uh, the first guest that I'm going to announce for 222 is the Bone Collector Dominic Guarini. So you can look forward to that, and there will be a second guest with him on that show as well. And uh, then we're gonna get back to reviews. Um, in March we're gonna do, review Enjoy who we sponsored. Uh, their Enjoy Odyssey Battle Royal. Uh, if you uh like any wrestling check out enjoy it's free on youtube um there's three uh three shows for this season there's multiple other seasons available that are all free and there's lots of very good wrestling on all of them um also check out if you catch my grift i don't know when the next episode's dropping of that but uh there's a update episode that's out uh that came out at the beginning of the month uh and if you enjoy that uh they have a patreon so join that and uh give the grift boys some money. That's all I got.
0: Man, I can't believe you're going to do an interview with Dominic Greeny and Gary the King Baller.
1: <laughs> it is not Kevin Q, by the way. Just letting everybody know. It's not Violence is Forever that we are interviewing. Uh, it's somebody else. Somebody that uh, Dom may or may not have uh, fought at Jalit last year. So, yeah. And we talked about this person on this show. So, I'm just giving all kinds of hints away. Yeah. Uh, of
0: course, you can find myself at J Summers 330 on TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, and Hive. Much like you can find the show on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook.com slash wrestling cheers, Twitter.com slash wrestling cheers, and Instagram.com slash wrestling cheers. Email if you so choose to desire wrestling cheers at gmail.com. And like I said earlier in this show, please rate, review, and subscribe you're ever listening to this fine podcast, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, YouTube, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Amazon Music, or Podbean, wrestlingchears.podbean.com. And, and all of those links can be found through the link tree link in the podcast notes. Check out our podcast friends, such as Super Fantastic Podcast, It's Evolution Baby, the IndyCast. Sobros Network, Biff Radio, GameWorks Podcast, Pop- Bob Jitsu, Power Driver Podcast, Fully Posable, Positively Pro Wrestling, Indie Wrestling Guide, If You Catch My Grift, At Odds With Wrestling, Marks With Mics, Juggalo Rewind, Xover. This Ends At Prom and Porch Talk, and check out our other non-podcasting friends such as The Mystery Men, Redline Radio, Mouse's Wrestling Adventures, VHS Party Tonight on Instagram, Danger Zone Video in Juliet, Tennessee, Heart of Gold, Toy Hayo Toy Show, Time Capsule Toys, Smoke and Jay's Barbecue, JCP Designs, Midwest Territory, Southern Underground Pro, and the official graphic designer of Wrestling Cheers, Moy Boy Designs. That will do it for us here on Wrestling Cheers, where everybody knows your name, especially when uh, they're kicking you in the front row. Later